going on overlapping the same day. I put them both in the same studio. I'm everywhere. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Can't stop me. Welcome back, everybody. The most awesome and Brandana Sports Podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 284 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at podcast at gmail.com. I'm Brandana. With me, as always, still yet to be ejected from this pod. Most awesome. That's right, baby. I'm just, I'm yeah. just, I'm just perusing the sidelines right now. You do. You go I'm back and just- forth. I think you you know the officiating well enough that you're not going to take it too far. You're going to see what you can get away with. Yep. Especially Neapolitan showdown. You can just yep. run that run that rubber right to the ground as close as you can, but not going to get that ejection. Come on, blue. Come on, stripes. Give me, you remember, give me a call here. You remember early when we were trying to do each other's like availability? Like we started, we thought about or kicked around the idea of someone doing a solo pod. See, it sounds insane now. Oh, did we ever really? Oh, I don't remember. I think this. so. I think so. Just, maybe I just what? maybe I didn't say it out loud. But I think maybe I wondered, you, like, because you listened to him back in the like, you listened to like a Colin, Colin Cowherd, like, you know, Ryan Rosillo does it a lot yeah. now, like just just ripping off like 25 straight minutes by yourself. Sounds wild. What an incredibly boring podcast that would be. I mean, I think you would take does the reins and run with it. I think you could handle it because you just go into stream of conscious and sure we would it would cease to be talking about sports anymore and more just about your picadillos and pet peeves, which might Absolutely, actually yeah. be interesting. Yeah, I think I mean my ego is definitely big enough to where like people need to hear this. Uh congratulations, <laughs> Spotty. <laughs> let's let's go down this twisted road that is just yeah, like you said, the stream of consciousness. But we need the breaks a little bit. Like yeah. we both like people I mean, we don't record this. Uh, we do record on the Zoom, but we just give the audio, but people won't see us. But you could definitely read in each other's eyes where it's just like, oh, shit, I, don't, I forgot where I was going with this thought. And the other guy just takes it and run like it's yep. perfect. Yep. Like that handoff, you don't get going by yourself. For sure, yeah. It, there would be definitely some lonely moments out there in the middle of it, and you'd be like, sure. <laughs> Anyways. Um... <laughs> what was I saying? You're going to go back and like, oh, edit out that joke. Well, we're doing a uh, a rare if med maybe first time this is a uh a, what day of the week is wednesday right a wednesday daytime wednesday. pod a wednesday lunchtime pod are you still uh you still home most of the time yeah. not back yeah. in the office well, now, okay, cool. now now i've got the uh the aid of we got some sick kiddos running around here mm. commission went back to school much to her chagrin she was miffed to say the least about going back to school not feeling it not feeling it it's kind of oh, like okay. almost there was a, a hardcore demand of or command of I'm not going to school today to which we were like, you absolutely are. We discussed this. And then 2.0, she's like two days behind on the illness train of as commission. So she's, uh, she's upstairs. She's watching cloudy with a little chance of meatballs. meatballs. Yeah. Yeah. Rocking that out. So is it, uh, are they usually excited to go to school? Like, is it that little taste of vacation that just kind of gets in their blood after like the Thanksgiving break? Yeah, I think it's I think it is the like watching shows all day because we are definitely like, all right, you, you know, watch shows, chill out. There's that coupled with the fact, even though it doesn't add up because nothing ever adds up. But they were like, Kimishat was basically like, well, 2.0 is home and I have to go to school. I'm like, yes, but 2.0 went to school on Monday. She's like, yeah, but she went to school for like 10 minutes. I was like, no, she went to school for the whole day. And then basically came home sick right before like school was exiting because she was having a fever. Uh, and she did all the Sunday activities too that she did not do. So like, let's not get into this 
you know, equivocation of, you know, hey, yeah. you did this and I didn't do this. So, so the biggest battle that we're fighting right now is the uh, comparison of others. And it's particularly tough with two girls close in age. Yeah. I'm getting worried that we're going to head down a, a tough path here. We're going to have to really, it's going to be rocky, rocky terrain. I'm in a yeah. small little canoe down the <laughs> mighty Mississippi, and I don't know how to steer this bad boy. Uh, yeah, well, that is something that Mapsterdamus cannot help out with. Uh, that is outside <laughs> of our, maybe we blend like Mapsterdamus and an MAMA parenting tip, like when yeah. the, kind of the tit for tat goes down. Uh, they're not quite at the age where we're faking sickness yet, right? We're not like putting thermometers against light bulbs or anything. No, we're still we... pretty honest about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. we're not that. We definitely, are, we definitely like found out that we were going back to school yesterday because we were pretty much bouncing off the walls. And then we made that announcement. And then there was like a, well, yeah, but if anything, like unexpected was to happen, I was like, "Why not throwing yourself down the stairs?" Like, what, are we, what, what do you mean? It's a, a thinly veiled threat coming my way. But she just meant like if I like wake up with another fever. But I think we're, I think we're two years away from something like that happening. A couple of years. Well, our grown up audience, if you guys are playing hooky, you got a jam packed episode two eighty four, and this is how to spin your afternoon. We got rid from the headlines. We're doing NFL playoff picture. MAB Fix is going to take a look at those. Kansas City Chiefs. Going to hit the inbox. A couple things I want to talk about there. Neapolitan Showdown. We're doing top bar scenes. I didn't do it from movies, bro. I'm going to I'm gonna throw it out there. I do have a TV show, but the bar scene is so solid that I had to bring it up because I want you to peeps it. Oh, okay. It. Okay. All right. I'm into it. Uh, we'll get in why because I've actually been digging into bar scenes, but we'll talk about that when we get to the uh, the showdown. They're going to do Brandon Gambling Corner. Going to take a look at NFL MVP odds figure out what that price is and what makes the most sense. Then we're going to finish as we always do with the MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're up. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines read, if you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. Our brother, ripped from the headline, NFL playoff picture. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? We're rounding out. We've got a few people. We're, what, we're week 14. We just finished week 14. We've got four more weeks, a month left. There's a lot of teams still kind of in it. This feels like every fantasy football league that I've ever been in. <sighs> the last, like, sort of. It's like, there's two teams that are, like, they're definitely in. And then there's, like, the other eight teams are, like, somebody's got a shot. Somebody still could do this. Yeah, so we only have two teams mathematically eliminated, one from each conference. We have the Carolina Panthers and the New England yep. Patriots. Not going to see them in the postseason. Uh, plenty of other teams where you could probably put a solid stake that we won't see them either. But you are right, and I think this lends itself to, I mean, I hate to be fucking Debbie Downer. I'm always bringing the rain cloud, but just the the watering down of the NFL product. I think one of the symptoms of that as what you would see would be a bunch of teams just kind of floundering in the middle, and it feels like that's what we got. Yeah, we used to be kind of excited because you're like any given Sunday, anyone, any team could beat another team. I think we have a little bit of this like we've, we're over it, and the product is not. My, when I see a three nothing Vikings Raiders game, I'm like, this isn't like high level football where two teams are just really evenly matched and competing. This is bad football, and like yeah. the any given week is just like whoever's the most dialed in minus 
like the most injuries, right? Yeah, that's what we're saying. Yeah, because there is a difference between the NFL Sunday or the any, any given Sunday that we grew up with, and then this kind of what the fuck's going to happen on Sunday that we have yeah. now, where it's just you know we really you just don't know. I mean, like going like week to week, but um, whatever. We didn't get on here to shit on it. I did want to talk about this. <laughs> I was going to maybe loop it into inbox, but I'll just fire off right now. I think we're going to talk a little Draymond Green in the inbox or yes. preview for that. Um. We're at a weird state where this lined up where it doesn't feel like I was going through because I was just like, all right, who's trading up for the number one? It's kind of fascinating with the Bears with the Carolinas pick being there at the top and having Justin Fields. What happens to Justin Fields? And it made me go through the teams who's looking for a quarterback. And usually I feel like it's six to seven teams is a pretty safe number, maybe about like a quarter of a to a third of the league would do some sort of upgrade or move or just kind of patch in a hole. I feel like there's three teams that are looking for a quarterback and that's it. Am I crazy? Right. So you're looking at obviously, uh, well, shit, like definitively looking for one. Yeah. Like absolutely like needs a quarterback solve for next season. So we're saying, Oh, let me guess who your three. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Cause I'm just running down the list right now. looking at. And honestly, I think one, I think it's two. So here's what I'll I'll give you four teams. There's two must haves and there's two where I think just with how the rest of their team is like, they're probably looking for a change. So I I only have a total of four teams and that's being super liberal that would need an upgrade at quarterback. Ooh, would need an upgrade. So have to, uh, well, four that would make a change next year. I don't see any more than four. I don't see any more that four that we don't know right now who their starting quarterback is next year. It's a great question. This has really got me on my heels. Are the Raiders one of those teams? The Raiders, Raiders are, like- are one. Yeah. yeah. Even though I like, um, yeah, who's their backup there? Oh, they they got rid of Sidham. Sidham went to Denver. So yeah, yeah I am it, gonna put. I'm gonna Adrian O'Connell. Right? Is there the guy that's playing now? Kind of came in for Garoppolo. This seems yeah. like a stopgap du jour. The Patriots, obviously, Mac the Mac Jones experiment is is gone. Patriots on my list. Yeah. So. Yeah, new head coach going there. Like you have to think like there's going to be some, and where they're positioned in the draft, there has to be kind of the going to go get my guy thing lined up. Yeah, and then it's um, I I would think based on contract injury and then basically getting like a what like a ten eight game audition here. Vikings got to be on this. Vikings list. Vikings are absolutely on the list. Yeah, I think yeah. they got to make a change. I think um. Uh, you know, What's the- head coach looking for his guy got Kirk Cousins. I think just a little bit of the body language I saw on that like Netflix thing, and I don't know, it just doesn't seem to quite fit it. Even though he's playing right now, it just seems like t- we have way too much history with Kirk Cousins for this mm-hmm. to be the solve. And if you have yeah. an opportunity to move on, it feels like you have to take it. Now is yeah, now is the most natural progression towards Achilles. Uh, I think his contract is up this year. So it's like, all right, we can, this is, this is perfectly lining up. And yeah. Even though it's kind of scary, like who's like, what's the better option though, but it'll yeah. be interesting what they say. We don't have to go down that road. And yeah, who's, who you got for fourth fourth, man. I'm really debating between Falcons. Cause I'm looking NFC Falcons, commanders, giants, bears. Like they're all kind of in there. I think the, uh, yeah, I don't I don't count the Bears just because we know the, where the Bears draft position is. So they're either going fields or so I Bears aren't Bears aren't on my list. I mean, you're right. Like technically with the way I lined it, lined it out. But we know that the Bears are going to draft a quarterback one overall. You think so? 
You do yeah. you think that's definite? See, I don't know if that's definite. Because because the new I don't the new head coach again. This is like this is a microcosm of well. This, this is also assuming that Eberflus gets fired, which we all assume. Because here's the thing: what if does Eberflus, the head coach of Chicago, does he save himself by backdooring in? Because he's technically not mathematically eliminated in every like the last like you know Green Bay's in there at six and seven. They're five and eight. Like couple divisional games like could they sneak in there i know probably a lot would need to to happen in order to get there i don't know so uh, maybe yeah it just seems like so even if they don't it here's and someone brought this good point up on the pod on a different podcast i was doing i kind of always forget about it like it's just such a league where you're more concerned with fucking up than you are like betting on yourself getting it right so i think right. in the gm position like especially with this quarterback class, which is one of our strongest since, I mean, I would say since we had Trevor Lawrence, I guess, like mm -hmm. just as far as like we're talking real upswing on some guys that are, you know, quote unquote, like can't misses with uh, Caleb Williams and Drake May that I think the Bears are, they painted themselves into a corner or landed in the corner where they have to make that move on quarterback because if Caleb Williams ends up blowing up and is some sort of, Patrick Mahomes light, then you just can't escape that. And you have, you have another situation where they literally did pass on Patrick Mahomes yeah. to get, <laughs> to yeah, get, they can't go over two in that, in that generational quarterback, way category. too much pressure on that. Yeah. So that, I, I think they're, so, so, so was bears your fourth or was that not your fourth? Uh, it wasn't, I think Falcons is, is probably a better call than mine. I just had the saints. I felt like their defense yeah. is so strong and that division is so takeable. And it's just like, again, like Carr is just not the solve that there seems to be a little, we can take this division right now if we make a run at it, especially with their defense. And it feels like they have yeah. to do something. Like there's not enough faith in Williamson. Uh, and then yeah, Carr is just completely falling flat Winston, with all those weapons. James Winston, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Winston. Sorry. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's the thing. I kind of I don't know. I uh, I kind of feel like, yeah, like would they just totally about face with with Winston and Carr? I don't know, man. I mean, Falcons are, you know, I think everyone's out on the Desmond Ritter experience and it's been tough, but I mean, their offense has been so bland. The Falcons, it's like, are they, uh, are, is, is Arthur Smith, the head coach, is he content to just be like, all right, yeah, we'll just kind of middle this 17 to 24 points a game. Nothing really ex exciting, but we'll hang on and we'll give ourselves a chance to win. Like it feels very, in the Vrabel Tennessee Titans camp, it's like, all right, yeah, well, you know, which is he was the OC yeah. there. Yeah, it just seems like there's a lot of uh a lot of weapons on Atlanta that are just like it's kind of like it's like me playing like PlayStation 4 now. Like, I don't know what half these fucking buttons do. Like <laughs> it would enhance the game, it'd be so much better and it just like really take off. But I'm just using these two buttons because that's all I know. It seems yeah. like they just kind of need like a total upgrade. I've got B and A, that's it. If select start doesn't come into play, I don't know. Where to go. <laughs> I don't, that's half my buttons. Yeah. So what would you, uh, so let's say fields moves on before we kind of, I do want to lock in who we think is going to the playoffs. And I think we can kind of kick yeah. off. We'll probably both, uh, we'll see how we align, but kick off some guys that are in a driver's seat right now and place them with teams that we feel are hot. But where, where would fields landing make sense? Let's say Justin Fields does leave what kind of or maybe even give me like what kind of package would make sense because fields loses a lot of value if we get to the draft right because right. now we know what the bears game plan is and we know that we have a little leverage as buyers on fields yeah i'm just looking down the list like i mean could the vikings so let's say the vikings end up 20th like a 20th draft pick 15 to 20 somewhere yeah. in there 
Is that enough for Fields first round? See, I, I yeah, I mean, I think you'd kind of have to take anything you could get, especially if you hold the keys with Chicago owning Carolina's picket. You know, most likely it's going to finish at one or two. Carolina's been very bad this year. Um, so if it says if it settles at one or two, then you are kind of given flexibility on the deal because it it almost feels like additional gravy after on top of that. So if I can get like the 20th pick in the first round or like a couple seconds further down the line, like let's just spread out, you know what I mean? Cause maybe I don't think he's going to command a first. I don't think his play has been that. Yeah. But if, but if I could get a couple second round picks for a young quarterback, I mean, those are day one, you know, or not day one, those are second day, but potentially slotted for starter positions. I'm just adding more depth to my overall, like roster and that's that's ideally what i'd like to look at if i hold the cards at 1.1 or 1.2 drake may caleb williams if if carolina which i'm sure dave tepper the owner wants them to win so they don't feel like they gave up the number one overall pick on bryce young if they win a couple three games and now you're sitting at four you know just let's just say that that just happens now you're kind of like, oh, shoot. Now we're in this kind of like midpoint where we can't go after a quarterback. We've got to figure out something. So I got to get, if I'm trying to move up to get one of those two guys, then I got to get something, you know, a little bit beefier to to throw to the pile for Justin Fields. But assuming they stay at one one overall, I mean, shit, if you could get a first round for Justin Fields, I feel, feel like that that's a, a, a huge win. But I, I would be honestly like if I could get like a second and a third or two seconds, that's ideally where I want to be because now I just have like lots of depth and I would look at a team like the Falcons. I would look, you know, Justin Fields might be an interesting fit in that offense where it's like, we don't need anyone to be spectacular to win. That might make something where they were like, yeah, we'll develop a young rookie. You look at a team like Falcons I, would be fun. I like the oh, Falcons. That, Falcons, Falcons would be, would be fun. fun. I don't think you would go like a team like the commanders or the Rams, right. Who are, who are kind of in the, this middle zone. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I like, I like how with commanders, I think that's yeah. a, he almost, doesn't he feel like a, he feels like a Belichick guy. That's why he like, does. I'm kind of going commanders. Like I feel like, I feel like if you just remove him from the team and you gave Belichick the option of like Howell or Herbert, I think he goes Howell. I think he likes, really? He likes, yeah. I, I think he likes grinder. I think he likes grit. I think like Herbert is a little too, you know, the weight is on his arm, on his arm right. performance. And he's a, he's a good quarterback, but I think there's, you know, I, it just, it doesn't strike me how, you know, Belichick wants to win football games offensively. Right. The other one that would be very interesting for a spot for fields would be like a New York jets where he could sit and learn behind an Aaron Rodgers. Hey, we know they're, they're not going to, you know, move uh, with Zach Wilson. We, we know that fields has played more consistently and better than Wilson gives you a super qualified backup in, in case, you know, we tear another Achilles or, you know, another season ending injury. And I think would like almost be like a, like a gap year, right? Like, you know, you go to yeah. college, you're like, I just took a gap year, like going there very much in the Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, um, you know, like career backup role. It's like, all right, well, let me go here, learn, get some seasoning. Maybe you can shop and find another job or eventually take over. So do you think his contract, so what are we? Are we in like the Baker Mayfield zone for contracting? Because it used to be like if you're starting quarterback, you automatically were just like the next stop to get these big contracts. But aren't we kind of getting back to seeing guys getting 
there is kind of this middle tier contract, right? For guys that haven't quite proved it. And is that where Justin Fields is going to be? And is that contract going to be less than his rookie deal? No, it'll be like the Marcus Mariota, like one year, 11 million bucks. You know what I mean? Like okay. something in that like realm where it's like, all right, well, we're, we're overpaying for you because we know you're like a, you know, like a plus version of a backup, but we're willing to pay overall a little bit more because, you know, we, we want that insurance. And so we'll pay a, a, a premium for that. I'm just trying to, as we're looking at it, like what his overall deal looks like. Because yeah, maybe he, maybe the Bears can make it work with two of them. The interesting thing is, is he he does they do own as being a first round pick, they do own that first round or that fifth round extension. But I don't that would really put him at a at a really much higher tier. It would kind of price you out of of that if you're looking for a backup. Because right now, 2024 is his final deal of his rookie year, paying him six million bucks overall. So it's like. I mean, I, there's a lot of teams on here that would love a, a qualified backup for six million bucks and be willing to move on from a couple draft picks to get it. So that's where like value relative to like bench and like you know uh, salary cap really come into play. So if they do move on from them, I mean, there's there there will be takers and they'll 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 keep that bidding market open. But I think public perception, if you move on from them and you don't have the one overall pick, now that's where pressure as a GM is like, Oh shoot. Now I got to make a big swing. Cause I got to get the quarterback. If I'm moving on from this quarterback. All right. I'm calling Justin Fields. So one overall Caleb Williams to Chicago, Justin Fields goes to Atlanta. I like it. And Browning comes to the Vikings. From You're in on Browning. I know you've, you've I, been on Browning, man. I, I don't want to get too sidetracked, man. Like listen to this guy's like work ethic <laughs> and just like, he went out of pocket to get his own QB coach that trained Burrow and then just like mirrored everything Burrow was doing. And he was prepping like he's starting in the NFL. Yeah. It's wild. Like I just uh, like, I love to look at him coming in on that Jacksonville game, just like ready to go. Like Colts game. He looked pretty good. Like I'm, that, you got, I mean, not have my attention. Sir. That sounds very Belichickian, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. absolutely. Bad. Yeah, well, he just wants <laughs> Belichick just wants a QB without an ego. Like he literally wants that graphic that he got on Thursday Night Football, where it's just like Bill Belichick and the Commanders versus <laughs> like it's just like the quarterback is backseat to the head coach. All right, let's start looking at the playoff oh, picture. Can I? Can I? Oh, just, can I just please? You know, Jake Browning was a backup at Minnesota for two years. Oh, he was he was with the Vikings. He was a Vikings, yeah, backup or practice squad. Uh, yeah. A practice practice squad. squad. I don't get that deep. Ain't, ain't nobody got that much time <laughs> to even go to the practice squad. I didn't know it. I just looked it up. Don't, the, I don't want to take any, that's stolen valor on. Oh, good. It doesn't matter. Stolen valor. Nice. Uh, who is that web? We had like a web guy for a while. It was like, Davis uh, Webb. Yeah. 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 Uh, he, he had a cup of coffee. He did. Didn't finish it. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Left on the counter. He's like, can we reheat this? <laughs> All right, let's um look at AFC. We'll get some locks that we know are good. Uh well, maybe not a lock. You got Miami Dolphins winning the East, or are the Buffalo Bills gonna get enough momentum to sneak up on them and take that division? Two games out with what four left to go. It's a that's yeah. a tough ask, just the way I mean both teams have been very inconsistent. I think uh, I don't I think the Miami I think the Dolphins are in. I don't see, I think it's a tough path 
for the Bills to get in because I just don't know if they're gonna. Well, let's not do in yet. Let's just do division yeah. leaders, and then we'll. we'll yeah, so I, we, I would say I, I say with a two game lead, I think the the you know, I don't think that the Bills are gonna get hot and go four and zero, and they go two and two. But even then, still, I don't know even who owns the tiebreaker on that. So we'll say Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins have the Jets coming up. Well, uh, let's see. Looks like the Dolphins are three and one in the division, and the Bills are two and two. And then the so it looks like Dolphins probably on the tiebreaker. So I agree. We'll go. We'll go Dolphins. Uh, AFC North Ravens two game lead against the Joe Flacco Browns. Uh, they both have the same division record at three and two. I'm going to say the Baltimore Ravens hold on with four to go. Yeah, I, I their defense is really weird. They gave up a bunch of points, but they gritted it out in overtime against the Rams. I watched that game pretty closely. I and, did too. Yeah, you did too. They just seem like. I don't know. Like they, they didn't give me a very big confidence as the number one seed overall. Like I would, I don't think I would bet on them heavily in the playoffs, but it would be a huge win for them to kind of sneak past that first round. Cause I feel like they'd be primed for a first round upside. Yeah. It's a weird thing. So one thing that you always lean on the Brown is their, uh, their home record. And they don't see they're five and two at home. which is still good. And five and one on the road, but just that like lockdown home thing is gone. Uh, there's a little in, there's some inconsistency that fears me. I do like, I don't want to get the giving up 14 points in like two minutes against the Browns was very alarming. Uh, yeah. I know that defense is good, but it's just kind of like, it feels like when the wheels fall off of that team, like there's just not quite the, I don't know that power run game to secure the lead. Yeah. Uh, it is impossible to bring down Lamar Jackson, just watching him. And also let's not sleep on the Rams. I think that is a team that everyone's expectations were so low on them and they are overperforming. And this is a team that, you know, uh, won the Super Bowl like two years ago. There's still some of those pieces there. So yeah, for sure. Uh, But yeah, I think, I think they hold on, especially with just kind of the Cleveland Browns quarterback situation. Uh, AFC, AFC South, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. What's up with this? How Bad is this? Is this a high ankle sprain? Is it a high ankle stub? Like, is he is <laughs> yeah. he all right? Like, Trevor Lawrence? We... I don't know. What's up? It was so bizarre to see him limping off and just like walking. You know, all the memes were like he's taking you know two months to get back to the office or the training facility rather. Yeah, I don't know. It's not great. This is not a great setting here for high ankle sprains as a quarterback, and you know. Trevor Lawrence. He's got that. He's got that Mahomes playoff high ankle sprain from last year. Ooh, that, very nice. That high ankle sprain that you get over. It's that. It's that twenty four hour bug high ankle sprain. Yeah, he's got a high <laughs> ankle sprain like Kamish Shad is six <laughs> today. Exactly. You know, but, uh, uh, but yeah, yeah so. I, I still go Jacksonville in that though. But we got Jacksonville eight and five, Colts seven six, Houston seven and six. So. But um, Jacksonville has a four one division lead here, and I'm assuming early tiebreakers against the Colts, but who would also too, who would be, I was so surprised that the Colts are in this spot. I don't think enough has been said about like what the Colts were last year and Jeff Saturday and all this like horse shit. Then coming into the season, losing uh, Anthony Richardson and then Gardner Minshew. Here's another guy that might play himself into a big contract next year. Yeah, it's wild. So, uh, yeah, so Gardner Minshew going to get another bite at the apple, possibly. Uh, yeah, the Colts right now sitting at the seventh seed. I mean, yeah, there isn't a lot of people talking about these Colts. Like, they're easy to not watch and pay attention yeah. to. Uh, you know, some impressive wins. They beat the – they had that win over the Ravens. I remember that because knocked me out of my Survivor League. Uh, so this seemed going to rally get it done. Uh, let's take a look at the West real fast. Uh, Chiefs 8-5, and five, Broncos right behind them at 7-6. and six. 
again another surprising run they bounce you know they 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 lose to the texans right we talked about that a lot lose the texans bounce back come back win a good one this week here um i think they're dangerous i don't think that they're going to jump the chiefs i think the chiefs have enough like and we'll talk more about the chiefs but i think the chiefs have enough like we're not going to fucking give up the division title into you know to the broncos right they'll they'll figure out a way to get there they'll hold on um and yeah i mean it'll be interesting there's a lot of people vying for third it'll be interesting that fourth third fourth seed i don't know if there's much at stake in there even second seed i don't know if there's much at stake to them yeah know? i don't think yeah it's basically like the nfl kind of they didn't completely buck it up but yeah i mean if, you, if you're not getting that first round by people really seem to be jockeying between you just want to you just want a home field game yeah yeah, yeah. uh the chiefs had the patriots coming up and the Broncos yeah. have the Lions coming up. Saturday night game. Ooh, that game's going to be wild. Uh, okay, so let's wrap out the AFC real fast. So we, that's our four seed. We we feel the divisions are going to finish how they are. I was slightly tempted not to ruffle any feathers, but maybe the Broncos. Just I mean, if you put the Broncos and Chiefs on a neutral field right now, I mean, Chiefs by two maybe? I don't know, yeah. but it's like yeah. that – that Broncos win seeming a lot less shocking now that we're getting like four weeks out from uh, when they beat the Chiefs. Uh, okay, so right now in the wild card spot, we have the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Indianapolis Colts. On the outside, look at it Texans, Broncos, Bengals, Bills. Uh, those teams are all seven and six that I just named. The Steelers and Colts also seven and six, owning some sort of tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's your three wild card teams in the AFC? Man, Browns. I think I think you got to give the the edge to the Browns. It's so impressive to watch Flacco come in and just just be an effective quarterback. It's crazy. Flacco's wild, yeah. It, coming in and just being all of a sudden just like top twelve quarterbacks in the league. Yep. Which, which yeah, I'm throwing three yeah. TDs, two eighty five, one turnover, but we'll win. Our defense strong enough. Um, so I think we got to give the edge to the Broncos. I think the Steelers are going to be out. There just seems so much turmoil. They might be nine and eight. Tomlin will keep his streak of of five above five hundred. I yeah. just don't see they they actively seem to hate each other on the field. Yeah, I didn't like this team all year, and it's just like you got Trubisky at the helm to finish yeah. it out. Like that's that's a wrap on the Steelers for me. Yeah, Colts are just plucky enough, and no one's talking about it, so maybe they can fly under the radar. I, man, Denver, Cincy, Buffalo. It's crazy to sit there and include Denver in this conversation. Yeah, but Denver, Cincy, Buffalo seem like the scariest like out, you know what I mean? Like the serious first round, scariest first round opponent. Yeah. It would, it would be, ins- yeah, it would be insane to be like the, uh, whatever division two winner and then hosting the bills would be yeah. like, what fuck. the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah, the dolphins were sitting in that situation. Uh, I got, so you're sticking the Browns in, did the bears coming up. That'll be an interesting game. I'm just going to give the momentum to the Browns and my six and seven slot. Like, man, I really want to see, I really want to see the Texans in there. I think that would be a fun yeah. season team. Uh, but I'm going to go just because how good football playing they're they're doing right now. I'm going to go with the two best teams. Look, I'm going to go Broncos and Bills. So I got Browns, Broncos, Bills, all Bs, baby, B, baby. Uh, it'll be hard. I mean, both these games, like the Broncos are playing the Lions and the Bills are uh, playing the Cowboys. So both those guys have uh, tough teams or tough games coming up. Steelers and Colts are playing. So they're going to obviously one of them are going to suffer a lot, but I'm still going to go with the best teams. I think and it'll be the Broncos and bills. Yeah, I agree. 
I'm in it. I'm, I'm oh, in we it. the same. Okay. I, 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 yeah, absolutely. Because I, 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 the Texans would be really fun, and Cincinnati would be exciting for the for the Browning story. But and the Cincinnati might have the offense to get it done to kind of keep pace with Buffalo. But you're gonna coin flip Browning over Allen or Browning. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm just gonna go with Josh Allen, right? I've seen it before, and they become the scariest seventh seat team in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I I would agree with you. Uh, I just don't think Pittsburgh has it. Colts, Texans would be really fun. Although I think they get fucking rocked round one, whoever they play, just inexperienced and kind of like, oh shit, we're fucking playing play a football. No one has no one has to do this here. No one yeah, knows plenty, how to do this here. Yeah, plenty of the uh, the topsies are rooting for those Colts to to hang on. They're probably hoping for the fucking Steelers to hang on. Not gonna happen. All right, let's take a look at the NFC. Um, Cowboys and Eagles uh, division record four and one, three and one. Yep. Uh, I've I've the Cowboys taking this division. I mean, they just, uh, I know we just saw them play, but the Cowboys, for whatever reason, this is the year that all the expectations for the Cowboys that we've had for the last six are coming together and they're looking, they're looking legit. I saw a great meme where somebody was like, it was like, uh, like a, somebody pontificating and they're like finally realizing that they might be dumb boys. And I was like, it's great. Cause they, it's (laughs) like, Oh, this team is actually good. They're throttling good teams. And you know, Dak is dialed in. The offense is flowing. The defense is not just like, oh, they're just big plays and flashy plays. Like, they, they're they going to get stops. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I really want to keep my eyeballs on these Cowboys for the last four weeks. I wonder if we get that Dak game where we're just kind of like, what the fuck happened? Where he's just like very pedestrian and just Pressure like, cooker, like buck 45, it. two INTs, two yeah. TDs. Yeah. Uh, all right. Lions, Vikings. Uh Packers, Bears. This has some some fun, plucky teams that people are talking yeah. about. Teams getting hot at the right time. A team completely falling off the cliff, and then uh, a Vikings going to Viking. How are you feeling about your Lions, bro? Are they going to hold on and win this division? Man, I was. If you'd asked me two weeks ago, I would have said, "Yeah, I feel pretty confident." Now I'm not feeling great. We're playing 500 ball. The Bears have had our number. We let the Saints back into the game. <clears throat> the Packers was ugly. We've got Broncos, Vikings twice, Cowboys once. I mean, fuck. fuck. Yeah. I, I'm hoping for 500. 11 and 6 would be awesome. 10 and 7 feels like we're going to be limping into the playoffs. Yeah. 11 and 6 gets you the division. Yeah. Uh, so that's two more wins. You play the Vikings twice. I mean, the Cowboys will be tough, but, and the Broncos coming up, uh, you're hosting the Broncos, I believe. So, I mean, I got to think you win yeah. two out of three of those. Oh, oh yeah. Home against the Broncos, then at Vikings. If we can get those two games out there. I feel like we feel pretty good. We're going to secure the third spot regardless, right? Because the winner of the NFC South, no one's going to match us. So the Cowboys game, you know, really would be a good one just to kind of test our muster to see how well we are playoff that that final vikings game will mean nothing that game will they're going to sit all their starters most likely i would imagine maybe uh, dan cable's a nut though he might be like fuck it no one's taking a break all the starters play all the time you know what i mean so i don't know but um if we can get these two wins right out of the gate i feel like the season is wrapped up we got the third spot keep it keep it going all right, 49ers wrapped up the NFC. Uh, well, not wrapped up. They have a playoff berth, the only team technically to have a playoff yep. berth right now. Uh, they're at 10-3, and three, so something dramatic would have to happen. 
but they're leading that. And then um, NFC South, three teams tied at six and seven. Obviously, we have yeah. some division tiebreakers. Uh, who do you have one in the South? I don't know. This is the toughest question because because <laughs> to sit there and be like, oh yeah, Tampa Bay has the tiebreaker. It's like how, how? this it's Baker Mabfield. It's fucking Mike Evans. I don't know if he's injured. He's not injured all the time. I just don't understand this team. They they just hold that edge over there. Is it crazy to think that New Orleans might be able to like sneak it out? I don't know. No, that's why I have I have, I have New Orleans. I yeah. they're playing the Giants. I just think they are the they're the most complete team consistent. And it just seems like their only missing piece is just getting that, that offense charged up. Right. And it seems like that's, that's been really difficult for them to do, but uh, you know, they have but the they giants have coming up. They have the pieces yeah. to do it. Yeah, right? exactly. Good, solid offensive show. line cars, a mess, but maybe they get in there and Winston it up and taste some hell. And they just patch work a quarterback together and just be like, fuck it. You know, this is what we are now. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're lined on all the division winners. So let's talk about uh, this is actually a little easier. So we definitely have the Eagles in. Yes. There's, yeah. I, I don't see a pathway where they get knocked out. Uh, we don't have something we don't dramatic have any, happens to one of their players. Yeah. We don't have anybody in the NFC South in that playoffs. Uh, right now, the other teams uh, in the six and seven spot, the Vikings and Packers sitting there in six and seven. If the playoffs started today, uh, the six and seven teams outside looking in would be the Rams, Seahawks, Falcons, and then we're not going to count any, or we're not going to count the Falcons. So no NFC South teams for us. No, thank you. So Rams, Seahawks, our last two spots, Vikings, Packers, Rams, Seahawks, who you got? I mean, maybe I'm just biased after watching this last Rams game, but I really liked watching the Rams. I, I like the Rams. They were, I thought yeah. they were really good. I think they might just have a little to get past the Packers. Although, again, I watched the Packers game and I thought, you know, this is not a terrible team. This is not a bad yeah. team. They've got some pieces here. God, they really needed that Giants win. Yeah, they they really needed that Giants win. That was that was just like, but that's just what we've been talking about. It's like this is the this is the fucking you know the mismatch of of NFL games here. I I don't know how your Vikings hold on. I don't know Agreed. how to get it. We're starting, to, we're starting a new quarterback by choice. Yeah. <laughs> like this isn't an injury thing. We're just like the guy that got us, you know, ripped off two wins in a row. Right. Uh, it has happened before. <laughs> They're uh, <laughs> right. moving on from him after a bye week, after giving, you know, uh, Dobbs that. So give me a bye week to start. I like, I like Rams Packers to finish it out. Yep. I have Rams Packers also. I the Vikings, right. yeah, like we said, the Vikings uh, got to play the Lions a couple times. Yeah. Uh, Packers got Buccaneers coming up. Yeah, I think Rams, Packers. So that is our playoff picture, guys. All right, MAB fixes. Let's talk to Can. Kink, kink, kink. Oh, knock my monitor. Uh, let's talk the. Uh, let's fix the Kansas City Chiefs. And what do we want to do? Do we want to fix the, like, did their public persona? Do we want to fix like? What's going on with? Oh their... yeah. So, so I... let's uh, yeah. So let's talk this right now. Can you see it possible that the Chiefs turn heel? Like if we get these bitchy because t- it's so fun to cheer for Mahomes. Like he's not like America's team, but he's like I, I like to say middle school's team because yes. he's just like the playground. Every every kid's Patrick Mahomes. You know, like it's like that's what they want to be. Like, is this gonna grate on our nerves as fans and be like, bro, you had it 
pretty good for a really long time. You get most of the breaks on call. You're looking a little whiny. Yeah, I think we are rounding the other side of everybody's favorite team to the Patriot level. Like, all right, well, they're just good and fuck these guys. You know what I mean? Like, it's such yeah. a weird, like, human condition where, like, the team that's historically good, everyone kind of like, yeah, yeah, they're awesome. And then it's like, oh, nope. Now we don't like you. Now we all universally don't like you. The, the, you know, as much as it shouldn't matter, the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift thing seems grading and played out. It's no not helping here, but yeah. not helping it. Then you have this where you get, you know, I don't know if it's, if you consider it a hot mic, but then Patrick Mahomes, you know, kind of basically giving fucking Josh Allen grief, which didn't make sense, which, I, I, it's just a tough look and I get it. Like it just seems poor sportsmanship and we've never really seen that from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Actually, truthfully, like I think we have like, here's like, let's call you want to know my take on it. I'll just give you yeah, like a, like a highlight real fast, but like watching that NFL show, the quarterback show on Netflix. Yes. I didn't finish that by the way. So this is a unique insight to me. I was like Patrick Mahomes, a little bit more immature jawy than I thought he was like, I yeah. thought he had a little bit more act like you've been there. And there was just a lot like, like I am him. I am him. Like there's like a little yeah. too, like a little, like, mm, I'm, we, there's not the Tom Brady of just like going in there, like intense, like fuck the world. Like I'm here to get it done. Like, yes, fuck. Like there was just like a little too much. I don't think like there's a slight immaturity to it. And I'm not trying to pile on like everybody else doing it. Like mm-hmm. he's a great football player. He's amazing to watch. And I'm also from the camp of just like, if you do it on the field, you can say whatever the fuck you want, sure. you know, but I'm, I'm just saying like, you get what comes with it. And if you're going to bitch about an offside call, the crazy thing about the offside call is he's clearly fucking offsides. This is yes. two different conversation. If it's a coin flip, it's not a coin flip. Like, right. like they can't see the football from where he's standing. Like right. it was like an easy call. Right. The flag goes up. Like it's, it's a really weird call to bitch about. And it, it, you're right. And in the moment, it's one of those things where I think we're, we're, we're not saying the things, maybe this is giving him too much credit, but we're not saying what we really want to say is, is how the fuck don't you line yep. up on sides? Like it's totally a, a, a point of lack of focus, not anything to do with like just an honest mistake. You're going through the motions. You're not really checking in. You're not really doing your job. And that is one thing that's like, what the, you know, we're getting fucking, we're losing games and now it's starting to become an issue. Like the drop balls and, you know, and and that's the thing too, is, is, you know, he, it could also be swelling from the, the defensive pass interference from the week before. There's also like, there's, you know, you enter into this, what about, what about ism thing. And then you open up to all the times where you got really like pro you calls and then if you tip the scales, you're like, oh, I'm seeing a lot more pro Chiefs calls, pro Pat Mahomes calls that I'm seeing stuff that they missed for you. So are you in this spot to to bitch and moan about calls or are you just trying to sit there and save, you know, team morale by not calling out a player? And that's the thing is, 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 is I think they're we've seen Tom, we saw Tom Brady yelling at his, his offensive lineman in Tampa Bay. You know, we get more access. We've seen a little bit of like challenging players. I think that, that at that moment in time, it would have been okay. Calculated for Pat Mahomes to be like, we Mm. need to like, we need, like, he's gotta be the, if you're best, like as, like as a team, we just need to get back to the basics. Like we need to, we need to focus on the stuff that is one Oh one football stuff. Yeah. And yeah. it's unacceptable for us to play. We're we have championship level expectations, but we're getting held up 
by dumb penalties. Fucking Peyton Manning has a great one where Mike Vanderjack, you know, was talking shit about this, that, or the other in the Pro Bowl. And he's, you know, and he lambasted his player. He's like, our drunk ass kicker gets drunk and starts mouthing off. It's great. Has some drinks and run his mouth. And I'm out here getting (laughs) to throw passes to Jerry Rice. (laughs) Yeah. So I think there is something where, like, it would have been much in, more, uh, much more traditional to see Mahomes take that route. And I think in Mahomes, again, this might be to your point of being a little immature, young. It's like you don't want to like you want to have that thin blue line of silence where it doesn't leave the 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 locker room. But Pat Mahomes is different the same way Peyton and Brady are different, and they command more respect. Yeah, and they're allowed to sit there and be like, "Look, dude, if you're fucking up." you like it's you you need to figure this out and if it's Kadarius tony or uh you know scantling right because scantling we saw that thing where the ref or the reporter was questioning about drops and he's kind of like what are you even talking about you know what i mean there's insanity there seems just to be this growing level of like we're good we're the chiefs you are all the ones that are wrong and mahomes had a great opportunity to be like no we're fucking this up we're we're taking our eye off the prize and he just deflected to the refs which only makes you feel perception wise to the to the public as whiny and entitled and turn a little bit heel it would be yeah, fun so, to see them a little bit heel but i don't think he's going to do that cuz he he's never been concerned with that he wants to be pat mahomes silly everybody loves me state farm commercials yeah state farm yeah exactly yeah so yeah that's a couple great points you hit on like i want to talk about yeah the and you brought this up on the text threads before like this seems to support the lack of accountability that's already going on that we've seen from these wide receivers where it's like almost like and it would suck if that's Mahomes' actual thoughts like in his defense we don't know what's going on when he gets back in the locker room when he like maybe pulls tony aside and just like you gotta do your fucking job man like we gotta win we gotta win championships but we, what makes me not believe that, and leads me to my second point, is uh, catching that hot mic with the fact that, like, when you're supposed to shake hands with a dude you smoke to go to the AFC championship in 13 seconds. Right. And same for all we know, at least they handle it with enough grace where it didn't make a headline, or the AFC championship, where it didn't make a headline, to go to that same dude. And the only thing that you're talking about is just, like, that bad call where you're kind of cheapening the win for Josh Allen. Yeah. Uh, but that that's not my point. Like we haven't seen how Patrick Mahomes deals with you know adversity with the team that's really struggling with the team yeah. that's not good, uh, especially when it seems like their problems are internal. I want to loop it back. Uh, so here's MAB fixes. Get a fucking wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 MAB fixes. Like this shouldn't be. You could do a lot with one WR one. I mean, you yeah. know, look at. Look at the Vikings. Like it gives other, it takes pressure off, and maybe sometimes that opens up some of these other wide receivers that might be a little bit more of a role player. Uh, my my fix, my fix right here is yeah, buddy, please. Somebody's got to step up and put their big boy pants. Somebody's got to like take control as clubhouse leader. And I don't know if it's Mahomes. You would expect it to be him. I don't know if it's fucking Travis Kelsey, but somebody's got to sit there and be like on the offensive side of ball. Juwan Taylor, Donovan Smith, you guys got to get your shit together. Receivers got to get their fucking shit together because I don't think it's a level of coaching. I think it's, you know, uh, because the routes are being ran and the ball is getting two hands like they're just not being caught. I mean, I know that pass interference, but let's not get hung up on that. There's just like and I just think like these guys, 
I don't see it turning around. Like I, you could tell them, are they supposed to go out there and like catch a hundred more balls a day, a thousand more balls a day? Like, I think all these guys are cut from the same cloth where it's like, they don't react well when they get inside their head and all these guys are inside their head and all these guys are like, I can't drop a fucking pass and let them down. And that is just going to make fingers even buddier when they moved on like this off season. Was it hubris that had them not go get a wide receiver? I mean, I get how they couldn't afford Tyreek Hill for maybe some things they want to do defensively, but I think I, it, I think that they were. I think that they thought Sky Moore would develop more. There's a lot of talk of that. They yeah. really like they really like Rice, and I think that they were right on that. Yeah, I think that Tony played well in the playoffs for them and was a huge spark in the Super Bowl. So I think that they felt good early on, and then Scantling, you know, has, you know, um, you know, devolved. He's lost something. He's just not getting open. I'm not really sure what it is. The drops are are even more prevalent, although he's had that throughout his career. So I think like, I think at the moment in a trade deadline, they were like, we don't need to make another big splashy play, which is weird to, to decide. Cause I think you would have thought like, we need to, we have, we, we need to be a buyers at the trade deadline when they didn't. And I, I don't know what that is, or if that's, if they're bringing in Mahomes in there and he thinks they're good and they're fine. Or Andy Reid doesn't want to do it. It just seems, yeah, it seems like we're we're okay. We'll we'll figure this out. We're just in a bit of a rut. And it's like, no, I think we're beyond rut here. I don't think we're gonna be able to rely on a aging tight end and a um rookie number one wide receiver threat to win us to a Super Bowl or lead us to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I didn't say, I don't feel like they needed to get D hop, although I really thought D hop was gonna land there, Me which too. I think would have made a lot of sense. Uh maybe look at Adam Thielen. Like yeah. a possession receiver just to like a get a little guy. bit of the attention. Yeah. They can really move the ball like that. Like it almost gives like a, like a cup, like it's almost, you almost going to put Kelsey like in the slot on that. If you have like an Adam Thielen, like have him play that short stuff and then yeah. just have, you know, there's a little less uh, weight on those guys that had the speed like Tony and. Skin. Well, you know, the weird thing is, is that Mahomes has led, by a far margin this year of like wide receiver screens. I want to totally tip the hand on uh, or just screens in general. Like it's almost everyone talks about Purdy as just being like short check down passes. Yeah. Pat Mahomes has like double the amount of screens and short little passes, little like, you know, quick passes out than, than Purdy does this year. Which yeah, it's almost like they game. yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I didn't see that, but it's it it would make sense like they lean on it like their running game to get them yeah. in third manageables because it seems yeah. like third and you know, like mid-range is a real problem with them with just those yeah. receivers. Yep. Um, all right, inbox. Let's tackle this real fast. Draymond Green, what the fuck's going up with this guy? What's going on with this guy? I don't know. Basketball genius, but with that, he's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I, I don't know. This guy's nuts. I'm really disappointed in this because I liked Draymond. And I was willing to like argue against the like the obvious knuckleheaded shit that he does and has done. But now you're at a tipping point where it's like, all right, so we choke out or try to choke Rudy Gobert like aggressively. That's fucking crazy. And then this one against Nurkic was just was just like, uh, what are you doing? Like, just if you want to fight him, then fucking fight him. But don't do that. Don't like. Do you believe his playing. excuse? He said, "Like I apologize for shit that I do, or I wouldn't apologize for shit I do intentionally." But I'm sorry because that was an accident. Do you believe that after watching it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what kind of apology that even is. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just it's somebody who is 
what I've said before is like, he has no real repercussions. He's made more money than he knows what to do with. So if he gets suspended for some games, he loses some game checks, big fucking deal. He's done that before. He's in the, like the honey era of his contracts. He is making a fucking premium amount of money and fucking around. Well, so yeah, he's, he's getting, he's getting legacy contract, right? Yeah, he's getting, absolutely. I mean, done it, so, so much. So it's like this. So if you're going to 5 million bucks, fine, go, go, you know, my money's guaranteed. I'm going to make, you know, I forget what his deal is now, but he's going to make, you know, 30 some odd million this year, at least. So what's um, the conversation like in the locker room with like Steph, does Steph Curry come to Draymond? And is it like kind of laughing it off? Is Steph like we could use you out there? Like is Kerr talking to Steph? Is Kerr going around Steph talking to Draymond one-on-one? Like what's the, what's that dynamic when you just have someone that's obviously got their own agenda, which doesn't really seem to fit the team's identity. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think here's the, here's the problem is, is this team is at the end of any and all like, you know, dynasty runs that we've seen. This is what typically happens. Everyone gets fat bloated contracts that they aren't as good at qual- players. And like, I don't think that there's anything that Steph Curry can say to Draymond. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that there's anything that he's going to be able to write this ship and gear and Draymond. I mean, he literally signed, I thought it was three years for a hundred million dollars. That's why I thought it was 30 some odd million bucks. You know, he's a four year, hundred million dollar deal. So he is guaranteed through 26, 27 season where he's a player option of 27 million bucks. He'll be picking that up. Newsflash. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's picking that up because it's just like, he's just going to be like, I'll be, I'll be interested to see if they move on from him this year. Um, to like just send him somewhere. Cause that's the thing is everyone thought he was going to sign with the Pistons. I'd be very interested to see if Draymond gets moved, but I don't know if you can even move him just the way he's been just with that contract? Out of control. Yeah. No, oh, he's yeah. been out of control. His sure. contract makes him very movable because in that like 20 to like $26 million range, you can find like a couple good players, draft picks. Like you can make that work a lot of different ways. So you don't go over the salary cap or, or go against the salary cap rules. But um, but who's going to want him on your team? Like, where's the value add? I used to think the value add was you would bring him into a young franchise and kind of instill what it needed to to, to what you needed to take the next step as a team. But you see the Jordan pool pool shit, and then this. It's like I don't know if I, I I don't know if I can handle this guy on my on my club anymore. And someone has made the claim like I don't know if he just even he doesn't seem like oh I think it was Gobert. It's like he doesn't want to play the game anymore. So this is why he's doing this, which is a bizarre thing to do to like sign up for four more years. And, you know, and then now just while out like this, I mean, yeah, I mean, a hundred million dollars is very <laughs> tempting regardless. Yeah. It kind of feels like with the golden state warriors, like it's a little bit of just like whatever you had that friend that was dating that girl, like, you know, it's not working out, you know, they fucking hate each other. You know, I guess I've been that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're just like, hey, they're not going to be able to move on until they get on from this. So I just wonder how this is, you know, in conflict with Steph Curry's like career aspirations. I feel like he needs to be like, we're still holding on to this previous chapter, even a little bit with Clay Thompson. Yeah, like he's like, we're holding on to this. Like we love everything they do with him, but like, let's get young right now. We took a swing on Jordan Poole. We missed there. Like. Give me some youth. Give me some tools around here so we can start building to make another honest run like two, three years from now. And it doesn't seem like they can start that until they move on from Draymond. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, 
yeah, I mean, Steph and uh, Steph's game in particular will will have more longevity than I think Clay's, right? Because he's not going to be a two way player uh, as a defender. He's just he's moving kind of sluggish on the on the court. Yeah. So yeah. So your your argument is a hundred percent. It's like, well, I know I need to immediately get rid of Draymond. This it has to happen. He's no longer like a he doesn't he doesn't serve a role anymore. I'd be very interested to see like what like the fuck Steve Kerr can even say to him, right? Because I I don't I don't see Steve Kerr really saying much or doing much. Well, here's what you're already set up like in the thing. It's not coddling. It's not like that. There is like some. It's just the difference of franchises. Some people are the Patriots, you know. Some are the uh, you know uh, Dallas Cowboys or whatever. Like some yeah. you move on immediately, and the others you're just like, hey, you did so much for us. Like here's the contract, and it's. Uh, it's cool to be that as an organization for the individual player. And it's probably even cool as a fan to be like, that's deserved. Right. But for these apex competitors that are looking at long-term legacy and the finite number of years you have in the league, like it has to be in direct conflict with their ambitions. Like yeah. right now, if you just sit, like obviously Curry has a very close relationship with Clay Thompson and close in some form with, you know, Draymond Green. But he knows to make an honest run, another chip, like they got to move on from both those guys. Yeah. Well, and own the ownership group, uh, their payroll with penalties and everything, and the hard cap and all those other is going to be $400 million this year. $400 That's million dollars is insane. That's wild For- to maybe be like a seven seed, six or seven. Right. Right. Yeah. And a team Playing- that no one fears right a play in one yeah because it's like fuck i could i think i could prod draymond into losing his shit and getting suspended for the rest of the season or the rest of the league you know what i mean like sign me up for that yeah it'd be like the old uh orlando magic it's like all right let's steph get his 50 that'll be fine just don't let anyone else beat us yeah uh we'll see what happens there neapolitan showdown bring us to the jam so let's leave it alone Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree Our top bar scenes, you hit me up with this. I almost sent you Ooh. top because we're doing a lunchtime pod. I almost sent oh. you a uh, top... Uh, Things at school lunch, but we did that, right? We definitely did that. God, it feels like we did. Uh, this is, <laughs> we're in the era of like we've done this already, man. Oh man, we're running it back. We're gonna start yeah. calling it the sequel, like school yeah, lunches sequel. two. <laughs> we're, school lunches two. Yeah, exactly. Seconds, school lunch coming back great. for seconds. Um, I think we did. I think we. I think we had a guest judge on that one. It feels like. Oh, sweet, sweet. Yeah, yeah. we might have done that. Um, okay, so I've been looking at this because I'm shooting. Uh, I'm working on a new short. Be my third Ooh. short. Okay. Coming out of this new era. I like it. Uh, Two-day shoot, but it takes place in a bar. Does it really? So, I did not know this. It does. No, what you did not know timing. this. So you said that. Yeah, so I've been doing, like, I've been talking to, like, the DP and sending them references. So oh. I've been doing a deep dive on oh, bar no. scenes. Oh, no. Really rock. So I was I was just like, oh, just handed me this W, huh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's like not knowing who you're dealing with it, just walking yeah, up to yeah. like a court. It's just like, who's this old guy? Three point contest for a hundred bucks. And then you're just like, what's that name? Mr. Ray Allen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's see what we can do here. <laughs> oh my God. I just called myself the Ray Allen director. Not what I meant. No, no. Yeah, I just meant, yeah, like, no, just, you are. You it's are. In the, it's in the wheelhouse right now. It's my concentration. Uh, so I had a lot of fun for this. 
Um, and look Beautiful. forward to getting God. the console. Perfect. Let's just get into the number threes. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to give a shout out to my movie Magnolia. I don't know if you remember this scene. Oh, yes. Yeah. Damn quiz, it. Of- quiz kid Donnie Smith to yep. Brad, the bartender. Yep. He gets really drunk. They're watching it. And it's like kind of the apex, at least that storyline. And yep. it's just like, I'd be good to you. But like he admits his love to Brad. He's just like, yes. I'd be good. I, my name is Donnie Smith and I have a lot of love to give. And he goes and throws up in the bathroom. It's just like, it's kind of the culmination of that, that entire like second act and like the storms coming and all brews up to this and super tramp. I was like, look at these bar scenes. And I was thinking, I don't know if you go down this, but like, you know, the subject matter is it is the scene kind of self-contained what's the music playing what's yeah. the lighting look like is it a bar i want to drink in yes do i want to be there that night that's going down so yeah they have super tramp playing in that leading up and it's that's my number three spot i love it this is a very good one great by um william h macy great yeah. acting i love this scene it is a good scene underrated i would not have thought of this Excellent number three coming out of the gate strong. Yes, that's a three, bro. That's a three. Wow. All right, my my number three. Oh boy, and this I I don't think this is going to show up on your list. I don't think this is going to show up on your list. It sets the table for the whole movie because it gives Mm -hmm. credibility to our main character. What can you describe to me? What's happening? And maybe I can maybe I guess the movie. Tell me what's happening in this. Yeah. So. Uh, gentleman is hitting on a beautiful young lady at a bar. He's got all the pretentiousness of his high-level academia, and then in comes walking in our hero. Goodwill Hunting. Yep, exactly. Yes. Schools schools him. It's a gr- it's a great scene. It immediately sets like, oh shit, this guy is fucking real deal smart guy. You got the Casey Affleck with the great line my boy's wicked smart at the end which is really funny just guys great identity for casey affleck the whole thing i love I was it gonna bring up casey affleck too because it, it gave us a line that's kind of a throwaway line but for the lovers of google hunting it's just like when he leaves after the girl walks back up he's like i swallowed a bug like the, the, <laughs> the way to <laughs> the way to get out of an awkward conversation at a bar you don't want to be at we would do that for like the next four years it's just be like what do you want to just like i swallowed a bug i swallowed <laughs> a bug off. that is so great yeah 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 that is great. That's so funny. As soon as you remember, I remember this. It was like, yep, that's great. Casey Affleck, awesome in that movie. I love, I love Casey great. Affleck in it. I love Goodwill Hunting. I don't think we talk about it as 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 much. Like, it played such a prominent role in that era of my life. Like, we it all hit us at exactly right age. Like, what yes. we were like, we were like pre college. Uh, you know, all of our aspirations were coming up like trying to get focused on what we want to do with our lives. And then we see like these two young, cool guys, like win an Academy award. And it just kind of like pumped, at least for me, like a lot of like kind of youth into that dream where it's just like, Oh shit. Like they did this movie. Like anything is possible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then when you get, you know, they get the the whole setup of that. And then, you know, the great, like, you know, how do you like these, you know, them apples, right. Uh, Perfect. I love it. And it's great. Like, bar scene. You don't think of it as a bar scene, but it absolutely is a bar scene. We've all had, that moment of like, hey, like I'm trying to win the girl and I'm trying to, you know, best this other guy here. I love it. It's great. It's great. Yeah, because it also is just like, it's a great, like there's even that line. It's just like, oh, there's a Harvard bar. I thought there'd be equations on the walls and shit. Like, it's just <laughs> like, it's a, that is a central thing. Self-contained leads to the, for me, the worst part of the movie, but it's just like, how do you like them apples? What if he said, no, you look insane. You got your boys here. Do you like apples? You knock on the window. He's like, no, I don't like apples. You're just like, all right, I'll move on. But yeah, exactly. We're not going to deduct it. I'm actually going to give the W for that because you're right. We do need to give 
a little bit more love to Goodwill Hunting. We can't move on sure. from that. Okay. Oh, look at that. Uh, my Steel number two one. spot. This is gonna be tough on the two. Uh, I don't think you've seen this because you're not watching a lot of serial TV show programming. Mm. You got a lot of things to juggle with cloudy with a chance of meatballs on the TV <laughs> every once in a while. Um, I do want you to check out. I'll send this scene to you. So mayor of East town. I don't know if anybody saw this TV show. Uh, it was on a couple I of years ago. I did see this show. I you saw, saw this. So wow. Perfect. Winslet. Yes. The Kate scene Winslet is awesome in this. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about though. I think you, you might remember it's my favorite scene of the show. Uh, yeah. Kate Winslet. She's cooking with gas. Evan Peters, which we know from American horror story. Yeah. Uh, also played like Quicksilver. He has a scene in a bar where he gets drunk and he opens up and it's just like this drunk talking about uh, how he got divorced. And he's just kind of has this, like he's hammered and he's just like, one day my wife came down and she was just like, I don't love you anymore. And he just has like this sad vulnerability that happens when you're drunk and he's opening up to Kate Winslet and then kind of tries to hit on her yes. and she just shuts it down and then he just walks off. It is just so fucking amazing if you guys haven't seen this like just look up the scene like it is just there's just like it rips your heart out like there's just so much like great acting and just like the bar's like dark it's lit by those christmas trees you know kind of the same vibe as the magnolia yeah. one but just performance yeah. wise and just two people talking it is chef's kiss chef's kiss excellent that's a that's a really interesting one that's a deep cut i would suggest don't watch the scene watch the whole mini series it's eight definitely episodes. yeah for it sure. moves yeah. quickly like you'll be so hooked the the final you know couple episodes are amazing because i think that happened like episode like toward the latter half of the series next yeah. series evan peters goes into the house all by himself we all know what happens if you watched it yeah right right yep. and then so you're like oh you're yeah so i won't spoil it for uh those that haven't seen it but that's a really good one I, I yeah, watch. I'm, I'm gonna that. send it to you i just sent it out yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like the scene oh so good oh good. what's your two spot great my number two, I think this gets uh, under under discussed, but I I love this scene in the bar. I love the whole bar in this. I love my name's Paul, and that's between y'all. I love that line. Uh, I'm talking Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction, baby. I'm talking Butch and Marcellus Wallace, the fuck pride speech in oh, the bar. Oh, that's from, great. From the back, you see the the little uh, band aid on the back yeah. of his neck. I love. Um, I don't remember if it's all in the same scene or not because it's cut up and I haven't seen it. I didn't rewatch it, but I, I love the interaction between Butch and Vincent Vega. And I love, you know, what are you looking at? You know, or, you know, yeah. or what do you say? What are you looking at? And you're not much punchy or something. Punchy. Yep. Yeah. Punchy. Calling him punchy is so fucking great. Sizing it up. I love this scene. It's great. It's really under the, 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 um, red apple cigarettes ah oh, i love it All trying to get a pack of red apples yeah so yeah. quentin tarantino's brand of red apples letting us know that we're in that or establishing that, that universe. tarantino universe yeah. that would come up uh yeah you're right we get so much information here like we learn about um learn about butch what stakes are on the line him taking the yeah. dive which is essential we see um our guy vincent vega and jules how like in the fucked up clothes we later yep. know why they're in that yep. we establish the fact that butch and vincent vega hate each other it's great too they don't tell us why but they just hate yeah, each other they just immediately which... square up they're two like bulldogs that are like yeah i'm gonna fuck you up you know what i mean immediately and which sets like, up those great stakes of them like yeah him shooting him later yeah yeah that's that's a great scene man it is a really good scene i'm i'm i'm, I'm trying to keep i'm trying to keep above water here 
what you're doing is fucking hammering like the early nineties, like just, <laughs> yes. just giving it to 94 to 96. Just yeah, like drilling it in. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, oh, that's tough. You I gotta do, give you it to you do... again. On... Oh. No, cause I have to, I'm going to look at just the mass audience. I think I'm bringing up some great scenes, but you were bringing up like classic cinema as you're we growing up bar scenes. That's great. Yes. I'm going to give it to you that. Uh, you want to hit some concepts? I do. I do. Um, uh, oh, I had Dusk Till Dawn on there when they all turn into vampires. What a great bar scene. Sexy yeah. Selma Hayek in there. Yeah, yeah. My, I really debated on putting this one on there. Uh, uh, the Bronx Tale scene. I didn't feel like it was too much of a bar scene in Bronx Tale when Sonny has the bikers. Now you can't bar. leave. That's my number you- one. Is it your That's number, my number one? one? Yeah. Now's you can't leave. Uh, like we talked about just, I'll hop in my number one. We'll finish up concepts. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's there. It's the first time that Collegero like really kind of gets an idea of like how dangerous these guys can be. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Go, like the bikers come in there, tries to be respectful, locks the door. And again, it's about like all the different things that are playing in this. And it's also the song come together. Do, 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 do. Do, do, and he locks the door and he just talks about like and that camera pan down with all their faces the bikers faces dropping after they were like bullying that bartender and then they just like go yeah. down on him so fucking great yeah that's my one spot it is your one spot oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i i would have put yeah fuck i had this on there i i love this scene i thought i downgraded it in my own personal opinion and this is where this is where i think you should take this because I love this scene, but I went with more of a mass appeal, and I was like, "Well, if I'm going to stay in the gangster realm, yeah, yeah, genre." Oh, I think I think I know your number one. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, say it. Uh, is it get your fucking shine box? No, it's not. It's in the same movie though. It's the "Am I here to amuse you?" That sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Oh. Oh man, I thought for all the research I've done in this fucking category, I've been in it. I got a head start. I got like a two weeks head start, and you come in and just own it. I got to give it to you for that. Of course, am I here? To, that's oh man, is that bar or is that restaurant? That's a little loungy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and that now that I think about it, I feel like it is a bar, but it's like they're all sitting around a table. They're not at the bar. They're at like yeah. I, I, I still table. say yeah. I still think there's enough. There's enough bar, bar. element. Yeah, and also in that movie, the fact that you went. I mean, just right down the pike. I think in like an 18 month window of all these three yeah, movies yeah, yeah. dropping. Yeah, exactly. You can uh, see I, I just, I got to give it to you for style points too. Like those are all classic around the, around the same times. Uh, my console bracket, I did have casino. I like this, the stabs with a pin. Like it just like sets up how crazy Joe Pesci is compared to just yes. like, he's just like, hey, is this your pin? Like, nice yours. And he just like stabs them. But Joe Pesci, a couple, a couple bar scene murders. Yeah. <laughs> if Joe Pesci is at a bar, close out the tab, walk out. Uh, yeah. I also had, we talked sleepers the other day. Like I really like in sleepers when uh, the two, two of our main guys, when they're older, see Kevin Bacon, the old uh, boys home prison guard yeah. in there yeah. and they know what they have to do. And they just kind of like take care. That's like, just kind of like a real bargain. Um, I felt like I looked at a couple Tom Cruise movies. I thought about cocktail. All those bar scenes are a little too corny for me. They're super like, <laughs> yeah, just like the addicted to love and everything, and the speeches, just like I'm out on all these. And then color of money is they are in bars, but it's more focused on the pool than it is. The yeah, pool. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, spider, and then our spider scenes in a bar. It's downstairs, but it's, it was yeah, just like, like I a, thought you said, like a, I, I thought you said you were okay, spider. I thought you said you were right, spider. 
No, that's more of like a. This is my like basement bar. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, my yeah, house. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is my. Yeah, I set up. There's some bottles over there. Make yourself a drink. Exactly. Beautiful. Uh, great. Okay, guys. Uh, that's all we'll do. This is a lunchtime pod, guys. We squeeze it in. We'll get Brandon come gambling corner next week. Uh, no shocks. It's just Dak versus Brock, but we'll break down what's going on. MVP of the week, real fast. Mike McDaniel's saw just on Instagram this text thread that Peyton Manning shared, I guess. But Peyton Manning, like we do, just reached out like it's Peyton Manning's pod, but they do that Monday night. Uh, him and Eli and just reached out to Mike McDaniel and was like, Hey, can you uh, come on for like 10 minutes? Uh, the Monday night game. And then Mike McDaniel's response is just like, uh, fuck yeah, I fucking love to. You're fucking Peyton Manning. Like, <laughs> that's his text response. Just out of the thing. Like, Mike McDaniel, I'm also watching that midseason hard docs. Uh, it's not something you got to sit down and watch, but it's great for background noise. That just looks like a really fun squad to be around. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think, uh, yeah, we, I profess my love for Mike McDaniel. I love it. I love the gold glasses, the gold watch. Give it to me all. I, he just makes it seem like he's, unaffected by the pressures of being a, a football coach the same way that like Belichick is like, if you were to tell me, you just show me those two pictures of those two dudes and be like, yeah, they have the same job. I'd be like, yeah. no, they do not. <laughs> um, Mine. I'm going to go with uh, Otani signing the 10 year, $700 million. But yeah. here's what I do love about Otani is um, I love the fact that he deferred this basically giving the Dodgers a little flexibility, realizing that he could make a bunch of money in marketing in LA. He doesn't have to move that far. Uh, I mean, I don't know if, you know, if you want to get economic on the value of the dollar 30 years from now, fine, whatever, but great team player. I like it. That's what's up. Uh, guys, it may be sports podcast episode two eighty four. I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome audience i'd be good to you boys parties style fame glamour runway style Fame. She likes fashion.